Bitcoin mining is beautiful because you make money in sideways markets. You make money in down markets. So long as you are creating Bitcoin at a price, you know, in a dollarized basis that is less than, you know, the spot value, which means you're basically arbitraging electricity, right? And with the dynamics of XPs, as you just mentioned, you're really perpetually safe because, you know, you're actually hedging your downside while also uh, preserving your significant upside gain potential. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Blockware Intelligence Podcast. This week, I have on Danny Condon. Danny, welcome. Thanks, Joe. Happy to be here, man. Awesome. Danny, this is probably going to be a little bit of a different uh, jam from normal. We're kind of just going to jam on you know Bitcoin and Bitcoin mining overall. And I'll ask the first question to kick it off. Uh, what excites you about Bitcoin and Bitcoin mining in 2023? Yeah, good, good, uh, you know, open-ended question. I think there's a lot to unpack there, Joe. Um, if you start with Bitcoin, and I think when you, when you think about 2023, it's important to, you know, kind of look back on, you know, frankly, the shit show that was 2022. So first and foremost, I'm excited and impressed and humbled by the resilience of Bitcoin, right? I mean, uh, to take on, all that you know onslaught of 2022, which I don't think we need to necessarily belabor, you know, on, on this you know in this discussion, e- even though you know those existential factors really had nothing to do with Bitcoin survival, right? It, it is is impressive at at a minimum, right? So I think that um, you know that sets the the foundation a strong and solid foundation, especially because a byproduct of a lot of this. A lot of what we saw last year was just a cleansing, right? It's like we got the poison out of the system. You know, we've taken a couple steps back so we can take multiple steps forward, right? So I think just, you know, at a conceptual level, that's what's exciting about Bitcoin on a go forward basis. Um, as we think about mining, and I, and I think we'll probably get into, a, get into the, you know, the, the depth of this, um, you know, area on this discussion, but I'm excited about, you know, frankly, the economic, the go forward, you know, economic opportunity uh, in mining right now, right? I think that, again, like it's kind of this blood in the street mentality, and that's where there, there's a lot of opportunity, right? So we can, we'll, we'll dive into that a lot, I'm sure, but, you know, I'm, I'm really excited for just kind of the setup of 2023 and beyond. We've got a having, you know, lurking about, you know, approximately a year from now. So I think that's a, a bullish catalyst as well. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's, a, it's a very good time to be thinking about mining, uh, you know, on a go forward basis. Absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree there. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, I mean, I, just to echo my thoughts on, on those ideas. I mean, Bitcoin is such an interesting asset, right? It's the least uncertain asset humans have ever discovered. 2022, like you said, was a very tough year for not just Bitcoin holders, but Bitcoin miners as well. And I think like we continue to see these hype cycles in Bitcoin. We saw one in 2013, 2017, 2021. And during these hype cycles, everyone's rushing into Bitcoin. Everyone's rushing into Bitcoin mining. And then after these hype cycles, we see this like prolonged, tough, strenuous bear market. 
And that's actually the time when you should be buying Bitcoin and, and getting into Bitcoin mining. So I definitely think like these cycles are going to continue and like the, the, the bear market that we experienced this past year, like you said, did a great job of knocking out all of the weak hands that were holding Bitcoin and then also the weak miners that were maybe over leveraged or using old inefficient machines or didn't have, you know, cheap enough energy contracts. And now that we're potentially about to enter like this next bull market, next bull wave when macro conditions uh, get a little bit better. Um, that's just going to position whoever is deploying capital into Bitcoin and Bitcoin mining now to really capitalize when the next bull run comes. Um, so, yeah, I think that was well said. Totally agree, man. Yeah, it's um, at a real basic level, too. And, and we can keep rolling is, I mean, Bitcoin in mining Bitcoin, you're basically, you know, arbitraging the price of Bitcoin and constantly dollar cost averaging. Right. So nothing is more exciting than when you get these you know, kind of micro parabolic, you know, Bitcoin price action moments. And that's when miners thrive, right? Because difficulty can't compete with that. So I think that as like a fundamental backdrop on, um, you know, how the yield works in Bitcoin mining is another positive setup, you know, for this, for this coming year and, and thereafter. Yeah, exactly. And I think we'll, we'll get into this in more detail for sure, but kind of what you're talking about, the dynamic between the price of Bitcoin and mining difficulties is very interesting, where we're seeing ASICs kind of commoditizing over time, meaning the next generation ASIC is not as advanced, or it's not magnitudes more advanced than the previous generation ASIC. So now for difficulty to increase, it's not just manufacturing, you know, an elite new hardware device. It's about building out megawatts and gigawatts of energy infrastructure and that can't happen overnight but bitcoin as we know can do a 5x 10x overnight and so that's kind of the dynamic where incumbent miners are going to be the ones that are capitalizing and benefiting from the rise in bitcoin price while difficulty can't do a 5x overnight um so totally totally agree right on man so Let's jump into our next uh, question or topic. Uh, we recently released a port called Pricing ASICs. Um, at a very high level, um, how do you think about Bitcoin mining rigs and buying and selling them on the secondary market right now? Yeah, so, okay, a lot to unpack there. First, you know, to, to paint a little bit of like the economic, um, you know, kind of situation with, with mining Bitcoin, um, if you think about it, it's actually pretty simple, right? You are long Bitcoin in that you want the dollarized Bitcoin price to go up, right? Um, you are uh, short difficulty, right? You want there to be less competition for the same block reward, right? Because more pieces of the pot, bigger piece of the pie for you. Uh, and you want <laughs> low in your short energy, right? So you want low energy prices because... 90 plus percent of the costs associated with mining Bitcoin on an OPEX basis is electricity, right? So if you look at 2022, all of those factors were moving violently against, you know, an opportunistic Bitcoin mining investment type, you know, setup, right? We had relatively very low and high velocity decrease in Bitcoin dollars price. We had, you know, all time high difficulty in conjunction with the price drop. And we saw unprecedentedly high uh, energy prices, 
right? All of those things. And, and it's frankly, it's rare that those three things happen simultaneously so quickly, right? <clears throat> and then how that plays out, you know, from a, so what that does, the byproduct of that is, um, you know, hardware becomes cheap, right? A very basic example, I remember, you know, late 2021, we were selling S19J Pros for twelve, thirteen thousand dollars $13,000 a pop, right? And those rigs are, you know, market values, I mean, these round numbers, about $2,000, you know, per machine right now, right? So in conjunction with, um, with uh, you know, less um, favorable kind of underlying economic, um, you know, situation as it pertains to mining, you know, you, you get the benefit of, again, back to the blood in the street analogy of rigs being cheap, which therein lies an opportunity. Right. So I think that's it's important to think. And then as you look at kind of from an opportunistic basic and then I will you know, more directly answer your question, um, we're seeing a lot of those factors, you know, kind of abate a bit where, you know, look at energy prices are coming down. Natural gas traded in, well, you know, like a one dollar band for 25 years and a ten dollar band for one year. Right. We're seeing natural gas below three dollars again. So, uh, you know, there is a lot of kind of macro leading indicators that show that energy prices are coming down. That's going to help out miners. Um, you know, no crystal ball, but it, it, it does seem like we're largely out of the, you know, out of the woods or the darkest part of the woods from Bitcoin price action perspective. You know, um, the Fed is starting to taper off on their cuts. You know, the language is becoming, I wouldn't say dovish, but um, slightly less hawkish, right? So we're, we're moving in the right direction. So I think the macroeconomic landscape is getting better. You know, at a minimum, kind of sideways to up is a probably a reasonable base cases case right now for the next you know, 12 to 24 months. Um, you know, and difficulty is going to continue to climb. People think difficulty is going to do a nosedive unless there's some, you know, like China ban-esque, um, you know, major existential factor Difficulty is going to continue to climb, but to your point, Joe, and I've seen you guys put out a bunch of research on this. So I think it's totally spot on. Um, you know, like Bitcoin price velocity can be very volatile very quickly, high velocity, right? But difficulty, you know, we're talking about literally building out infrastructure, data centers, and consuming, you know, gigawatts of power. That takes time. So that's like turning an aircraft carrier versus, you know, price action is like, you know, a jet taking off an air, of an aircraft carrier bridge, right? It happens much more quickly, right? So that's a little bit of a, a setup for kind of economically where we're at. And the byproduct of this is that we have cheap hardware and a lot of opportunity going forward. Great, right? Now, as it pertains to really more of your question, um, you know, what do we think about like kind of rig liquidity is basically what I'm what I'm seeing through there is like you got to kind of look again historically. Historically, mining has been looked at where you have a capex for your hardware, right? You're buying ASICs. It's a material or significant capex that effectively enables you call that like your enablement cost to get to the point where then you can start consuming electricity, electricity which is your OPEX, right? <clears throat> um, 
And, you know, then you're arbitraging Bitcoin. So you're effectively creating Bitcoin at a cost that is lower than the spot price at which you could buy Bitcoin. All right. So historically, um, that CapEx, it was looked at as kind of like, again, you know, not, not investment advice, but how to put this is it's almost like a super, super, super long or perpetual lockup period type, you know, CapEx investment where you're only focused on the yield, right? So you're going to invest, you're going to deploy X amount of capital on your CapEx side, and then you're going to, you know, yield a profit. Think about the Bitcoin mining rig as like a dividend paying asset. You buy the asset, you get a dividend. Eventually the profits of the dividend exceed the uh, capital allocation of the CapEx and you have a greater ROI on the, on the, you know, overall investment than you would in just buying spot Bitcoin. That's typically how it, uh, you know, has always worked, right? So now where are we today? I mean, because really it's been thought of that way, primarily because the secondary market for like individual and institutional investors, those that don't have, you know, that aren't running their own operation and are super into the, you know, into the secondary market trading, you know, there's a lot of variables. You're moving heavy computers, right? Like you don't just, that's not hitting sell or buy on Coinbase or, you know, Charles Schwab, if you're buying equities or selling equities, right? It's a lot more involved. So I think the concept here is um, as we move towards commoditization of rig pricing or of rigs, um, what we're seeing is liquidity on the CapEx side. And that is a game-changing factor now because, you know, to my very early example uh, in this discussion of, you know, S19J Pros costing $12,000, $13,000 a year ago and costing, you know, approximately $2,000 now, um, there is a spot price associated with the rig itself. So now you, if you could get liquidity on your CapEx side, right, for that spot price, that totally changes the dynamic because the yield side, right, the dividend side is still intact. You're still going to yield, you know, Bitcoin, almost certainly at a profit, right? We got close to the sun there for a little bit. When we we're going down to 15K, uh, depending on your energy price. But now everything's, you know, pretty well in the money, right? So I think it's just going to be a game changer, man, where um, if you have the ability to, buy rigs, just to put it very simply, at 2000 bucks a pop, using the S19J Pro example, and we get positive price action. There's other factors too, which I'm sure we'll unpack here. Uh, you know, Bitcoin back at $30,000, $40,000. It's not unreasonable to think that that rig is going to be worth four, five, six thousand dollars $6,000, is it? Right? Because logically speaking, you're holding an asset that creates an asset that is more valuable. And therefore the asset that creates the asset is also more valuable. The, the missing part in this you know, analogy has just been the liquidity side, right? So now there's options. And just speaking like from a Blockware perspective, we've rolled out our, our hash rate marketplace, right? That enables our clients to sell their rigs in a turnkey capacity, effectively adopt our business model so that they can take advantage of the CapEx side of the equation, right? So now you look at it and you're like, all right, cool. 
Oh, there's blood on the street. I'm, I'm buying something that has a positive yield associated with it. And as Bitcoin price appreciates, I have an opportunity to make more on my CapEx than I did, you know, than I initially invested. Right. So it's just a total game changer from, uh, you know, um, just from an investment perspective. And I think it's going to it's going to do a lot of things. It's going to open up a lot of uh, one, you know, kind of liquidity, but a, a lot of incremental participants as well. Right. Because you see like hedge funds, for example, are entities that have a much um more tactical investment thesis where they don't want to get into a two to five year, you know, capital lockup period type investment. They want to be able to be more dynamic, right? This enables that. And it all comes from having, you know, CapEx side liquidity. So there's a long speech. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it, Joe. What do you, what are you thinking, man? Yeah, no, I think that was very well said. I mean, I think a, a key part of what you're talking about is, ASICs commoditizing over time. Like a few years ago, you would have these machines and they'd run for six to 12 months, like when the first ASICs came out. And then all of a sudden, a new generation machine came in and that old ASIC was just kind of like scrap metal that, you know, was pretty much worthless. But now that we, we actually have these ASICs that can't be replaced overnight, and we see, you know, people still running very old gen machines that came out, you know, multiple years ago, if they have low enough energy rates. Um, it's just kind of a game changer in, in people thinking about what these machines, this, this computer hardware really is. It's, it's actually an asset that isn't just something that you're looking to get a return on six months. You're like holding this asset that can appreciate in value um, or depreciate depending on the price of Bitcoin. And so that's kind of exactly what you were talking about. We, we wrote this report called Pricing ASICs that helps people think about, okay, how do you value these machines and how do you forecast their value in the future? And so we kind of broke it down into two variables where ASICs are basically a derivative of Bitcoin and time, right? So over the long run, these ASICs are going to decay, right? There's Bitcoin halvings, difficulty goes up, a um, bunch of factors like that like that. But they're also derivative of Bitcoin, right? So if the price of Bitcoin goes up, the price of the ASIC will actually go up. And exactly as we were talking about earlier, where the price of Bitcoin can go up 5x fairly quickly, um, but the mining difficulty cannot go up 5x fairly quickly. And so there's this kind of this idea of, hey, like Bitcoin, if Bitcoin actually starts going up, your the value of your rig is also going to go up. So we kind of broke it down and we used historical price data with older generation rigs because that's what we have the most price data for. So we did like an S19 and an S9 and we identified like a beta and theta for those machines. And it made it, it made it clear of like how you can think about these mining rigs from in the past and then also moving forward kind of more in the future. Um, and a, another thing, the idea that ASICs are commoditizing, I think it's, it's a su super interesting idea um, so the S19 XP has transistors the size of five nanometers, which is very small. For comparison, a human hair is 100,000 nanometers wide. And so that's kind of how advanced these chips are. These are like top of the line, most efficient chips we've ever seen. And I also think it's important to note that like as, we're, as these machines are commoditizing, it's not necessarily a, a trying to like make these machines faster. 
it's trying to make these machines more energy efficient, right? And so like if, if Bitmain came out with a machine and it was at, operating at one petahash instead of a hundred terahash, it's not about making it, you know, make more hashes. It's about making it make more hashes per unit of energy. And we're kind of reaching a, 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 a tipping point of like, hey, it's kind of hard to turn X amount of energy into more hashes by producing another machine. And so that's kind of this idea of, hey, ASICs are commoditizing. It's going to be hard to convert energy into more hashes, at least magnitudes more. And that's making these machines decay much slower over time than older generation machines. And the beta with these machines can also be highly correlated to the price of Bitcoin. Dude, spot on. And I, I first of all, just a major shout out to, to you and the Blocker Intelligence team um, for that report. And, and frankly, like the depth in which it went to, right? Because this is something that you and I have been talking about for like, I don't know, over a year where we're, you know, just really starting to internalize the spot value of these rigs, especially as we saw such violent, you know, and volatile price action in 2022, you know, and frankly, like at the end of 2021, you know, you get the Chinese ban, rig prices take a little bit of a dive, difficulty takes a dive, huge opportunity, uh, you know, for miners, then you see in, as a byproduct of that ASIC prices go way up. Then 2022 happens and ASIC prices go down, right? So, you know, I think at least where my head was, I was mindful, you know, to some degree, at least subconsciously of kind of the theta decay aspect, um, you know, of the equation, but it always been kind of really just thinking about the beta almost with a bit of blinders on and correlating that to Bitcoin price as well as, you know, difficulty, right? So I think this this just very consciously provides a framework, um, you know, at a conceptual level, a very reasonable and logical way to think about, you know, which rigs are the best, uh, you know, fit for my investment thesis, right? Um, you know, so just props on that. I mean, I think it's a, it's a very, it's a very astute way to think about this. Um, as we get into this, you know, thinking a little bit about kind of different, like, pricing mechanisms. I mean, maybe Joe, we can talk about like S19J pros versus XPs with current market dynamics, right? Yeah, so, absolutely. yeah. So like, all right, if you look at an S19J pro kind of, I'll call it, you know, current generation and then an XP being like latest generation, right? The S19J pros are still being traded on new rigs, used rigs. They make up a lot of the network. The XPs are kind of the, you know, new hot machine. Right, both Bitmain products. So, if you look at it from a price action perspective, first of all, from an efficiency standpoint, which you noted is is really like what you need to be looking at. Um, XPs are, you know, let's call it 140 terahash, you know, per second, um, and pros are 100. They have about the same net power draw, so it makes the math a little easier. The machine's about 40 percent more you know net efficient than an s19j pro right and as you look at that so logically speaking i'm going to go into the weeds here a little bit there should be if you look at it all things all other things equal kind of mark to market basis it would be not illogical to think that an xp should be priced 40 percent higher than a pro 
on a dollar per T basis, right? But that's not how Bitcoin works because, you know, we have other factors here, like, you know, part of the game, a big part of the game is you want to stay competitive for as long, the most competitive for as long as you can, right? So XPs are just objectively more competitive, more efficient than S19J pros, right? And then you look into the future. So you have the halving coming up where the block award gets cut in half. It's immensely logical to think that there's going to be a significant, uh, you know, negative difficulty adjustment to kind of recorrect for the new block reward, you know, block award. Um, but you know, you're you're basically taking on more risk with an S19J Pro than you would with an XP on your yield side, right? Let's say Bitcoin stays. Let's say Bitcoin's at twenty thousand. Um, you know, difficulty stays the same. Block reward gets cut in half. S19J Pros are underwater at that point, right? Now, the logical thing that happens is you get a difficulty adjustment and like, you know, the everything kind of equilibrializes a bit, right? So um, I think that's a, it's an interesting way to think about it. So there should be an inherent 40% premium, but you have less risk, uh, you know, with your yield going negative. So there's a premium there. And there's less, you know, a, a, a lower beta. So the decay is going to take place, um, you know, much slower on an XP than you would there. So maybe the premium is, I don't know, 60, 70%. Maybe that's a reasonable market premium. Some of these factors are going to be a bit subjective as you get into the weeds there. Um, so what that means is there's effectively, from a fundamental perspective, like an arbitrage opportunity of, you know, 20, 30, 40% um, on S19J pros versus, you know, XPs on a dollar per T basis for these rigs, right? Now, why is that? And it's, it's really, if you think about the, you know, kind of unpack that a little bit, but it's because S19J pros are higher beta, right? If Bitcoin price nukes up, a $2,000 rig, you know, let's just say we get 100% price action. Say there's a beta of one, right? Maybe even more than one, probably with an S19J Pro. 100% price action increase on Bitcoin. That $2,000 rig very reasonably could be worth, say, $5,000. So you've got a significant upside opportunity on the S on the S19J Pro CapEx side appreciation, right? But if you get, um, let's say, you know, we play it on the downside, price stays the same, difficulty increases, price takes a little bit of a nosedive, your yield is going to compress, your margins are going to compress. So yeah, you're holding a very cheap asset, but you might be carrying a loss or just carrying something that produces a very, very small gain. So it's a because the theta is higher and you have a faster decay, you know, with that machine, All right? So it's kind of just a risk reward type play where you have more CapEx side appreciation opportunity, but you have more risk on your yield side, you know, the dividend side of the equation. And then you flip it over and you look at XPs, right? Now XPs will have, let's say a little bit of lower beta, whereas, um, you know, you get a hundred percent, price increase, I said that, you know, went from 2000 to 5000 on the XPs, let's say it goes from $40 a T to 
$70 a tee. Not quite as much appreciation on the CapEx side of, of the equation, but your yield is effectively perpetually safe, right? And in the event that we get no positive price action, you know, a little bit of difficulty increase through the halving, the halving you know, happens, we get a negative difficulty increase, every S9 goes offline, you know, S17s, S19J Pros to some degree for those who have higher energy prices. And then the XPs look great. So one thing that's really important, I think often overlooked, is a 10% negative difficulty adjustment is the same thing as Bitcoin going up by 10% effectively from a yield perspective, if you're dollarizing the whole thing, right? So another long speech, but um, you know the net of it is S19J pros carry more risk on a, you know, like yield basis. But for that risk, you are significantly and disproportionately rewarded on the potential CapEx, you know, spot value increase of this. And now with new things coming to the market that provide rig side, CapEx side liquidity, you can actually take advantage of that and really commoditize, trade these rigs like any other commodity, right? And on the S19J Pros, your yield side is more protected. So it's like buying a great dividend paying asset, right? It's like AT&T, you know, not a ton of stock price volatility, but you get a great dividend, right? Whereas you buy a growth tech stock and no dividend, but goes to the moon in a bull market kind of thing. You know, what are your thoughts there, Joe? Yeah, no, I think that was really well said. And I would even add on very big picture wise, People that are very bullish on Bitcoin know that if you've been in Bitcoin for a while, it's very difficult to outperform Bitcoin. Bitcoin mining is literally like one of the only industries in the entire world where it's actually like possible to outperform Bitcoin. If you buy, you know, AT&T or you buy Tesla, it's still going to be very hard to outperform Bitcoin over the long run. Whereas Bitcoin mining, there are these alpha opportunities where you actually can outperform Bitcoin, which is super fascinating. Dude, um, it's, so, it's so interesting. I'll add one thing real quick there. Like, yeah. A big, you know, catalyst for extrapolate all the shitcoin type stuff from 2022. But, you know, there was a lot of yield chasers. And I think you and I fiercely agree that Bitcoin is a product, you know, it's an asset that has so much potential in and of itself that don't get risky and chase yield, right? And a lot of these things are, you know, not to go through the graveyard, but, you know, a BlockFi or, you know, a number of different hedge funds, like you lock up your Bitcoin because you're getting yield. Now, Bitcoin mining is basically an organic yield mechanism, right? If you think about this, where you've got a CapEx and you've got a, a, an OpEx, you've got a div, you've got an asset and you've got a dividend, Right. You can almost go, I mean, you can, it's not crazy to think about it this way, that the money that you put into buying ASICs is equivalent to like the money that you would put into buying Bitcoin, right? And then the yield mechanism, which is basically the arbitrage spread that you have between the price of Bitcoin and the price at which you are minting Bitcoin, that's the yield. And with you know a reasonably you know managed beta and theta 
let's say you know your, your rigs have a beta of one, they move in perfectly positive correlation with Bitcoin, and you have you know a liquidity option on your rig side, your you know your rig is going to trade in correlation with the price of Bitcoin. And you are develop you are you know producing that yield on the the Bitcoin. So it's actually like a safer, more logical, constantly dollar cost averaging strategy to develop yield, you know, to generate a yield on Bitcoin. That's a little bit of a reach of an analogy, but I, I, I personally certainly don't think it's illogical. What what are your thoughts on that? I'd love to throw that one yeah. out to Joe. Definitely. I want to go back on the XPs versus J pros also, but I want to, yeah. do want to hit on that real quick first. I mean, I think what you're saying is exactly right. The way I think about Bitcoin mining is it's sort of an advanced Bitcoin DCA strategy, right? You're basically enabling, you're, you're doing two things. You're locking in your electricity costs, which is like your monthly DCA into Bitcoin. And then you're locking in your Bitcoin denominated rewards somewhat because exactly like we were talking about earlier, difficulty can't really soar that super fast if if the price of Bitcoin goes up. So you're basically enabling, hey, if this machine mines 0.1 Bitcoin per month, just making up a round number, difficulty is not going to, you know, 2x overnight. So you're going to slowly be earning the 0.1 Bitcoin month after month. Obviously, it's going to slowly decline, but not super fast. But if the price of Bitcoin is going up, that 0.1 Bitcoin that you're mining per month could be go from, I don't know, 2000 bucks to 20000 bucks. And so it's kind of this advanced DCA strategy where you're locking in a certain amount of Bitcoin over the next one to two, three years. And if the price of Bitcoin goes up, your cost to mine that specific amount of Bitcoin is basically the same, yet that amount of Bitcoin is worth a lot more in dollar terms. So yeah, I think it's, you, you said it well, it's just kind of an advanced DCA strategy for people that are ultra bullish on Bitcoin. For sure, man. Love it. Um, Real quick, I want to hit on the the XPs versus J pros because I feel, I feel like that's such a good, uh, interesting topic. Um, the way I kind of think about it is XPs offer this steady cash flow in the short to intermediate term. And then, like you said, like if difficulty drops, you know, the break even Bitcoin price of X, XPs starts to go down too. So you kind of have like this insulated wall to where if Bitcoin does go down, you're still going to have like a pretty safe yield on on your on your uh, XP. You're going to be mining more Bitcoin. You're going to your energy expenses are going to be less than the amount of Bitcoin you're mining per month. And so the way I kind of think about it, especially for people that are like trying to get into Bitcoin but they're scared of Bitcoin's volatility, XPs kind of enable you to weather these Bitcoin bear markets, which are just deep and and strenuous for people that aren't comfortable with watching the price go up and down an extreme amount. But you're able to weather these Bitcoin bear markets with actually a, a positive cash flow. And as we know, the name of the game in Bitcoin is survive the bear markets to where you're positioned to whenever the next bull market does come, you're going to still capitalize big because the ASIC will increase in value and your mining rewards, your mining cash flows will also increase in value. So it's kind of a win-win. It kind of enables you to survive the, the bear market and then it enables you to capitalize on the bull market. Yeah, Joe. So I, I think it's you just hit on something that's that's super relevant, totally spot on. In that, um, you know, Bitcoin mining is beautiful because you make money in sideways markets. You make money in down markets. 
so long as you are creating Bitcoin at a price, you know, in a dollarized basis that is less than, you know, the spot value, which means you're basically arbitraging electricity, right? And with the dynamics of XPs, as you just mentioned, you're really perpetually safe because you're going to be the most competitive machine you know, the market, you might sacrifice a little bit of, you know, uh, asset side appreciation, but you're going to be protecting your downside. So what that means is that, you know, XPs specifically, but Bitcoin mining as, you know, uh, like an asset class are actually downside hedges, right? Which is totally wild to think about. I mean, you think about like equities, for example, price goes down you know, kind of moves in a, in a liter, in a, in a linear, you know, unilateral kind of sense. But in this capacity, you know, you're actually hedging your downside while also uh, preserving your significant upside gain potential, right? Because where you make the most money in mining Bitcoin is during bull markets where price is outpacing difficulty, uh, you know, and so on and so forth. Right. So I think that's something that's, often overlooked, but super important in that, like, you know, when folks are maybe hesitant to say, okay, do I want to buy Bitcoin now? Right. Cause I'm not sure about the macroeconomic landscape or, you know, I mean, Bitcoin mining is basically a novel, you know, derivative product, you know, derivative of Bitcoin almost in some senses. And Bitcoin is a novel product in and of itself, right. With where we're at in adoption. So um, it's actually, the best way to protect your downside while maximizing your potential upside. Yeah. And I think it's super relevant for the Bitcoin market specifically, because kind of like we talked about at the very beginning, Bitcoin goes through these massive adoption cycles where everyone wants to buy at the top and then everyone doesn't either like loses faith at the bottom or gets wiped out because they're over leveraged or whatever. And so tools like new generation mining rigs kind of enable you to to weather the storms and and be alive when the next bull market comes so yeah i think that was super well said another thing yeah. kind of talk, talking about j pros um I, I did this calculation like yesterday or this morning but i think like a j pro at a hosting rate right now may earn 40 bucks a month whereas if bitcoin soared to for example 100k tomorrow we got a slightly less than 5x increase that same rig at the same difficulty, if, you know, because Bitcoin can soar really fast, may not be tomorrow, but, you know, for the sake of argument, just showing what would happen. If Bitcoin soared to 100K tomorrow, that same rig that was earning $40 a month today is now making $1,000 a month. So the price of Bitcoin went up, you know, slightly less than 5X, whereas the, the yield or the mining rewards went up way more than 5X. And then also, as we talked about, when it comes to pricing that ASIC, the ASIC also probably went up a solid amount as well. And so, yeah, it's just an interesting way to, to think about Bitcoin and Bitcoin mining uh, together. Totally, man. I mean, <clears throat> the beautiful thing is it's not rocket science, right? It's like if you're making $1,000 a month on you know, dollarizing this on the dividend side, that's $12,000 a year. The rig is going to be worth like $24,000. That's just how it works. Right, that's going to be the spot market value of that, and it's not impossible. You know, there's a very non-zero percent probability that we get to those, you know, uh, prices 
in the not too distant future, right? How's that for a super hedged statement? But I mean, I think if if you think that we have bottomed and you think at a minimum the base case for the next 18 months is sideways to up and you're factoring in the halving, which creates massive you know, supply shock and just economically, you know, makes yields leads to pro- positive price action, then you have a significant opportunity to, uh, you know, increase the value of the asset that you hold, which is a Bitcoin mining rig, while also taking advantage of a significantly increasing yield simultaneously in a dollar cost averaging perspective, right? I mean, the best place to be Let's say let's do a little moon math here, not necessarily math, but situation. You're holding an XP or an S19J Pro. Uh, you know we're at forty thousand dollar Bitcoin price at the having pre having. You know within the next six months we roll up to a hundred thousand. Difficulty cannot compete with that because you have to build out insane amount of infrastructure and consume an ungodly amount of power more power than the entire, um, you know, traditional global data center space right now. That's to put it in perspective, right? So it, it's just, you know, it's all about positioning yourself for success. And the time to get positioned is during these bear markets when things are scary, right? And now with liquidity on the CapEx side, it completely changes the, you know, the, the, ROI dynamics where you're not like depreciate, you know, you're not running a rig to zero in five, six years. You're maybe looking to exit that trade, right? You can buy S19J Pros right now for super cheap and Pro Pluses for basically the same dollar per T price as Pros, which are 17 more percent efficient. Huge arbitrage opportunity. You can roll that into, um, you know, you get some positive price action, you get your yield, you lower your cost basis on your rigs, you can trade that rig in six, eight months in anticipation for the halving, you roll that into XPs. Things play out, that's the best possible strategy you can employ. Yeah, I mean, it's super interesting to think about. Um, I definitely encourage people to go check out the pricing ASICs report. Um, and it shows like actual historical evidence of like, hey, for example, S nimes outperform spot BTC from 2020 to 2021 by like 3x. So like we're not necessarily making this up at all. Like this is like reality of hey, rigs are correlated to the price of Bitcoin. That's the way to think about this, and then that's that's how you can make money mining Bitcoin. Um, so I think this is a super awesome conversation. Danny, where do you want to send the audience after this to learn more about you and maybe learn more about Blockware? Yeah, thanks, Joe. Appreciate um, you having me on. So personally, you can find me on Twitter, Danny Condon, uh, 1989, um, you know, Blockware team as well. Uh, and if you're interested in you know learning more about getting into Bitcoin mining, um, you know, feel free to shoot me an email, danny at blockwaresolutions.com or check out our website and you can connect with somebody from our team. Awesome. Sounds great. Danny, enjoy this. This was an awesome conversation. Hey, thanks, Joe. You have a good one, man.